receive your join today by the Adventurous Guild. I am flattered that interest in my tales have reached the brave and the courageous. Drink up. The ales are me. Rest the worn soles of your shoes and rest your weary bodies. Because on this stupendous occasion, my tale will be all about survival. Perhaps you know how to navigate the perils of our own backcountry. But not so the world long forgotten. Borrowing a rapier from the sleeping gentleman in the front, I shall skim the veil to view the discussion of our clumsy ramble shamble. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Ramble Shramble. Today, the host of this episode is Mackie, myself, and I'm joined with with the fabulous and spectacular Jotun. Say hi, Jotun. Hey, my boy. <laughs> okay, I like that way of greeting. I think we are off to a great start to an episode. Uh, to, today, we it's only us two, but you know, you like to enjoy the the just us. Us having a chat every now and again is a nice way to kind of change the pace. We'll have guest appearances now and again. We have some eager participants, and we always love to maybe join, uh, have a few people in future. But today it's just us two, and we have a very interesting topic. But before we get into that, I just want to briefly mention, guys, if you have not listened to the previous episodes, please have a listen. You'll really enjoy them. We spent some time. We did some editing. And if you haven't had a chance, you must definitely comment and post of who you believe won in those episodes, as well as bringing your own topics to that specific episode. Please also, if you have not done, join our different social medias, including Discord, Twitter, and other platforms that we might come into future. YouTube is also part of them, and you can find our YouTube channel, including and that place you can also comment. But if you join our Discord, you can chat to us directly and we'll happily see and chat to you guys about all the different ideas we chat into the show. So today, Jotun, before we start, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's, it's meant to be winter here in South <laughs> Africa, but Ooh. I'm getting a lot of lovely sunlight, so oh. I'm really happy. I kid you not, like every morning I have to now venture outside the house further than I would normally do. And just like, I literally bathe in the sun. I like lie down and just all, just stand there with my arms wide open to absorb as much of the sun's rays as possible. That's good. <laughs> it's, it's actually really important that you get sunlight within the first hour that you wake up. I know you mentioned that to me before. I wasn't quite like too sure about that, but I have to say it really does help. Like I, you feel, I don't know, for me at least, I feel a lot more positive and happier when I just get that initial rays of sun. And I like to stretch it as well in the sun. It's nice. It's warm. Yeah, I've been I've been doing that for years. So it's got <laughs> to do with vitamin D for your body, but it's also got to do with when your body uh, releases the horm- like hormones, but also neuromodulators, specifically dopamine. Um, anybody can find this information on the Huberman Lab podcast, which we can maybe link in the show notes but basically uh when you do that first thing in the morning then it sets your body's day night cycle so that you're awake at the right times and you're sleepy at the right times and if you do it first thing in the morning then you get really pumped up and motivated for 
doing things in the day because that's what dopamine makes you feel like. In winter, the sun is just nice and fun and oh yeah, I just love it. I also stretch with my shirts off first thing in the morning. But now in winter, you do have to like follow and like creep along with how the sun is creeping further and further away from the door. That's so <laughs> sad. No, but th- that's the I thing. Know. Like I can't imagine places like some places that don't get any sun for like periods of time. Like uh, I'm not sure if there's a place in Canada. I might be horribly, horribly wrong. But they, they have like periods or days where they have zero sun. So it, it's such a, it's such a foreign concept to me at least because sun's always been like a natural part of things. Like you'll have your rainy days and you'll have your cold days, but like a, the sun has always been around to kind of light up your day, fill you with energy. But I, I won't lie, like some days, like when it's cloudy and rainy, it's, it's so nice to get into a couch, get a nice blanket and just like chill and watch a movie or eat some popcorn. Ugh. Ultimate relaxed time. Uh, I've never been that kind of person. <laughs> like, I know, I know that you you get to be snug and all that, but you know me, I love the heat. Like heat is my thing. So <laughs> I would be totally happy, just like in Jamaica, just sipping on my fruit juices and things. But <laughs> geez, no. If if uh, if a place like you're talking about, uh, let's say Norway or something where there can be like four hours of sunlight a day in winter. Oh, if that, I would, I would not be able to survive in those environments. I would be inside in the sauna in my house all day <laughs> or at least a massive part of the day. <laughs> Very true. You know, you know, if you were to go to the actual North Pole or as close to it as you can, they, I think during their winter, there's like a three-month period of the year where the sun literally doesn't even rise. And then there's another three-month period of the year where the sun rotates in a circle in the sky instead <laughs> of actually setting as well. Oh, that must so, be so I mean, cool. <laughs> it can go either way, but those three months will be a bitter three months, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but think of the three months of a rotating sun. You're like, Just go away, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're still surrounded by ice and stuff. Yeah, so, so cold. It'd still be yeah, super cold. Okay, I think that's uh, enough detouring for detouring. Oh, detouring, detouring. That's a new word. Detour. Uh, I can't say it right. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> that enough. That is a word. A sh- a strain from the topic of hand. We're going to the topic of today's episode, which you, uh, the listeners probably have read the title is how to survive or. Can we survive in the best ideal situations? So, Jotun, I, I was watching an, an interesting show on the History Channel. If you guys would believe, I actually watched the History Channel, an engineer. But I really love survival shows, like survival challenges, seeing the guys, not like Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls is okay, but like there's some real guys like Naked and Afraid. Those guys like have like real survival trials that they have to really push themselves to extremes. And one particular show that brought up to my attention again we are not sponsored by the show or channel or whatever it's called alone um we would love to be oh geez that would be amazing um but this channel the show is called alone and i strongly encourage you guys if you like to watch that little bit of survival it's very interesting it's about people taking in a challenge to to live in alaska and compete against each other for as long as they can possibly can and these people would drop out 
as they were reaching their limits. Like they said, they can't survive any longer or they've really, they've pushed their limits. They can't do any more. Or the medical team comes in and then rescues them and and pulls them out of the competition. And it's a last man standing situation. Battle Royale, Fortnite, if you want to get into the gaming terms again. But that brought an interesting idea to my mind that I think Yotin and I will have a bit of an interesting talk of imagine you're in a situation you're flying in a plane to a country of your dreams all of a sudden the plane starts rattling and shaking and then all of a sudden there's a big explosion now the pilots as pilots as skilled as they are can say that guys braceful braceful impact there's nothing more they can do we're gonna crash now when you crash you escape from the, the breeze and you're the only one who survived luckily for you you've packed 10 items that you can physically carry on your body and now you're to survive on the ideal survival environment for your picking so that is the topic Jotun. what are your 10 items that you would carry on your person to survive in your ideal environment but first let's start off with what environment would you survive the most the best in judging by how we talked before i'm thinking towards deserts but you might have a different topic or different environment so what is your ideal environment so um, I have a slightly different interpretation that I'm telling myself with this scenario. <laughs> so it was on a flight to my ideal island, but everybody else died. And the, <laughs> I didn't pack the kit because I don't have that kind of foresight. But some very well-prepared individual on the flight and I found it in the debris afterwards. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> because, because otherwise, think about it, like everybody would mooch off of you if you have this awesome survival kit if anybody else survived. So you want to be the moocher, having, not the mooched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Numero uno. You know? <laughs> okay, that's cool. But, but, but think about it. If you have to uh, make... Uh, living for even one more person then it becomes that much harder mm -hmm. so the way that I view it is there's no chance of survival the stuff you have in that survival kit has to last so I don't intend to do any kind of maintenance or repairs in my survival kit so uh, any kind of like repair tools or anything like that aren't in my survival kit but anyway I need to survive in here, as far as I know, indefinitely. So mm. my island is completely uninhabited. And although you are going along the right ways with the, with the desert, I did kind of do that, but like tropical desert island. So somewhere in the Pacific. Ah, because Pacific. I don't, I don't know if you know much about what actual desert environments are like. But in the daytime, it is blisteringly hot, which knowingly wouldn't really be a problem. But the problem would be finding water and a food source during the day, or even just like all the time, not just during the day. Um, but then at nighttime, it gets cuck cold. It's like ridiculously freezing because yeah. as a result of there being no cloud cover, there's no way for the heat from the sunlight to get trapped in, like, in the desert. And it all just escapes back into the atmosphere. So at nighttime, 
is actually when a person needs to, no, no, nighttime is when you need to be on the move in the desert because that's like the best way that you can actually uh, use that heat that your body is generating to good effect. And you need to burrow away basically under the sand during the daytime. Or through the sandstorms and sandstorms. Exactly. So, um, you know, good luck also finding water sources and being able to spot food during the nighttime when you're on the move in the desert. It's, yeah. it's just not a good, it's not a good situation. Yeah. They, so anyway, even, they even like say yeah. like in a desert environment, if you find a water source, you should actually stick by the water source. Don't go away from it because yeah. that, that's, that's actually improves, improves your survival situations quite considerably. So if you're walking through a desert, you see a water source, you drink it, a lot of people will just like end up saying, okay, I've drank my water, then I'll carry on walking because I'll drive on civilization. But most of the survival experts say that stay at that water source. You have water, drink it, and keep yourself hydrated because that is the most important thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. No, that's definitely – like – People, the only way you can actually travel across a desert like that is if you can navigate and um, if there's like a route, a known route, or at least I would say if there's a known caravan route, then you're safe to go. But yeah. So anyway, my location is a tropical island slash desert island. Um, and I actually went to the effort of looking for a specific one. <laughs> no ways. Mm. So it's, there's a, a place called Mukoang Thong, which is a beautiful archipelago of about 40 islands in the Gulf of Thailand. Um, it translates, well, Ang Thong translates as a bowl of gold, and uh, Mukho literally just means like it's a group of islands. Um, and most of them are limestone of islands covered with tropical forest and have beautiful cliffs and rock formations. The area is well known for uh, beautiful snorkeling uh, among the <laughs> coral gardens and some people even have day trips to one of the islands called Koh Samui. But most of them are uninhabited and undeveloped, so there's no chance of me being found. So yeah. is this Thailand? Beautiful islands. So is this Thailand or Philippines or Taiwan? Where, where exactly? It's, it's the Gulf of Thailand. Oh, there. Okay, I see it. Okay, okay, I see that. I kid you not, it is not too far from where I was kind of saying my ideal environment. <laughs> I kid you not. Oh, are you are you Google mapping this? I'm Google mapping this. Is that this. how we're playing this? Uh, I'm Google mapping this. <laughs> no, I kid you I kid you not. So, uh, I like that area. That area is really good. No, like for my area, it's li literally almost identical to your place. It would be in the an island in the Philippines, um, because Philippines has a crazy amount of island. Let me just quickly relook that up. Uh, and it's absolutely insane. So there's seven thousand. Whoops. Uh, there's seven thousand one hundred and seven islands in the Philippines, and that is not Jeez. counting. That is not Jeez, counting your, the ones that your, come out there. Your location just like bitch slaps the number of <laughs> islands in mine. No, but that, that's the thing. So there's so many islands in that situation that, and a lot of, and not during the rainy season, 
during the non-rainy season, th that number jumps up. So it doesn't go, and during the rainy season, it goes down because all the islands become submerged. So think of Atlant uh, Atlanta. So I chose, I said, since they have so many islands, I couldn't necessarily pick. I just said one of the really uninhabited islands in there, and including some islands that would disappear and come back eventually. Okay, okay. So what okay. are your reasons for an island? Great minds think alike. Yeah, I want to see my ideas match yours. What, why, why an island in Thailand, of all places? Okay, well, to be honest, I didn't think that far ahead. I just <laughs> thought of like a beautiful place. <laughs> a beautiful place that's got a climate that I like. But yeah. climate, uh, climate, and now that I think about it, you've got, uh, well, that opens up all of the possible food sources that you could need because mm. there's the coastal environment or the coastal biome of the island um including the rock pools and such so you've got the you know typical ideas of spear fishing and <laughs> or at least fishing of some kind even if you have to uh harvest like clams and more this is um this is going to sound really bad because I don't know the term, but like rock clingy kind of shellfish things. Mm. Um, things Clams, that cling to the oysters, rocks. You can, oysters. Yeah. But muscles. even barnacles and stuff. Can you eat barnacles? Um, in a pinch. I'm sure you can. <laughs> Those things are living. Okay, okay. I don't know what it would taste like. But yeah, so you've got that and you've got the, the, the fruit, or what I assume would be fruit. Um, that grow from the specific island biome, which is like coconuts and things. And I don't know, let your mind play some magic. You know, there are all sorts of fruits in tropical environments. And then the harder thing would be to find the right kind of plants for tubers and root vegetables. But I think with enough time, just like, I don't know, pulling plants out of the ground, I guess, um, you'll find something that's like a root vegetable because I'm not a biologist and I don't know that kind of stuff. But I think given enough time into experiments and with the right survival tools to make me live that long, I'd be able to find them. Yeah, I think that's a... Look, I think you, you pretty much nailed every top uh, point for why I chose a place in the Philippines. Um for pretty much those reasons is that it's uh, a decent climate. I won't say a great climate because uh, I will mention a drawbacks for both our areas since we are living in the same area. Um, yeah, I can also see them coming. For the guy, for the guys that aren't aware of Southeast Asia weather, uh, they don't have anything that's called winter. Winter is foreign to them. It is, it is summer, which is incredibly hot temperatures, reaching up to forty-six degrees, and then it's monsoon season. Where it's Beautiful. consistently Beautiful raining, forty-six degrees, and still blooming hot. So <laughs> it is not <laughs> not an ideal place. But for me, I chose the northern Philippines because South Philippines has quite a pirate problem. Like people try to they find you, they capture you, and sell you up as a slave. So I chose a, a northern Philippines area, so away from pirates. Because as much as I want to be a pirate on an island, um, I don't want to be trafficked because it's not a nice idea. So, <laughs> for the same reasons, uh, easy access to fish, which is a food source that I really enjoy. Uh, like you said, roots are quite surplus, and 
Southeast Asia is pretty known, well known for their fruit. They have a great number of uh, fruits that are actually very flavorful that I really dream to try out one day. And yeah, for those reasons, I chose Northern Philippines, a, a deserted island, possibly like a few, since they have so many islands, probably like miniature islands in between that. And I think that's, I think that's a good, good idea of a location. Um, I don't think our ideas are exactly the same, but I think they are comparable. Uh, I just, I'm very, I find it really interesting that you chose a place in Thailand as a place rather than Philippines or any reason why there. No, I just saw a cool list on the internet about desert islands that would be nice to visit that are uninhabited. And I chose the one with a funny name. To be <laughs> I, I but can I can that. I can already I can already see a downside of your environment that mine doesn't have. Okay. What's that? What if the island that you're on disappears? Exactly. I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I was also thinking like this is like oh crap! But what if the island I just managed to crash in just randomly sinks, and then what if I try to sail to the other island? That island also sinks. Then I'm like, oh well, now I'm in the middle of who knows where, trying to find an island that has not sunk out for the thing. But yeah, it's part of, it's on, part of the challenge. On the stormy sea and troubled waters as Ooh. well. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yeah, that, that's the thing. So it, it's a bit of a gamble. Like, who, like you hope to the heavens that the island you're on is going to be uh, an island that will at least have a bit of land. But again, it, it would highly depend on like, because for me at least, I think that if there's if the island has because some of these a lot of these islands actually have like wildlife like boar, chicken, uh, mm. goats, and if I could find like if I explore the island during the dry season and find hey there's a boar there's chicken there's a goat is chances are that that island doesn't sink to complete levels of like oh this island is sunk so I would I was, kind of, I was actually going to say the same thing so if I could like walk around all the island and say hey there's actual animals on this island then at least I know okay this island is safe enough for me to stay during the monsoon season. But if I find like no yeah. life, just like some really great uh, vegetation, because now there's uh, they got exposed to sun and there might be weird vegetation and a lot of crabs, I might say maybe not an island I should visit in monsoon season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay, okay. So we got our environments down. Let's talk to you about our ten items. So you mooshed off the dead corpses and possibly family members and. Managed to find the ten perfect items that you're able to carry on your body. So no, nothing like a giant anvil, because you can't physically carry that as much as a giant anvil would be handy in a self-help situation. But name your list. Coconuts, just like slamming coconuts. On <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. I won't lie. Okay, so what's someone it? like slamming crabs on an anvil. Like a imagine if crab. you found someone's. Yeah, exactly. Imagine someone slamming a coconut crab on an anvil. You just like found them in the middle of the <laughs> tropical island. Like, what the? How would you interpret that information? I feel like you would burn more energy lifting and crashing the crab, the crab, and lifting off the anvil off of the crushed crab than you would get yeah. from that crab. Yeah. Okay, so for my list, um, uh, I tried to do away with anything that I would need to repair. In the future, Makes because sense. I need to live indefinitely. Agreed. And 
So my first item is a specific thing called a fire binder, which is like a carabiner for like rock climbing and hiking. Um, uh, I'll, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an, a cool little thing, which is actually a multi-tool, which you can probably guess from the term fire binder because it's just, yeah, it's, it seems like it's got some more in there. So, what's it called? A fire binder. Fire binder. So, yeah. So, ex- excuse the vulgarity, but it's like fire ah, and boner, except the not boner, but biner. Yeah. That's a cool tool. Yeah. So, it's got a screwdriver on it. It's got, well, first of all, it's got the carabiner for climbing. Um, it's got a screwdriver, it's got a bottle opener, a utility <laughs> blade, hanging slots, and very importantly, it's got an Everspark wheel oh, for geez, making one. fire. Yeah, so that's like screw a Swiss army knife. This thing has got all my needs sorted out, or Dang, at least a large man. majority of them. No, that, yeah. is a, that is a cool tool. I will admit that that is a cool tool. For, for anybody uh, who doesn't have the energy to look that up, uh, <laughs> Everspark wheel is like... Think of a cowboy shoe with that wheel thing on the bottom mm-hmm. or the wheel of a fire lighter. It's like that. And I don't know 100% what an Everspark wheel is, but I'm guessing from the name itself that it doesn't wear wear down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. plain and simple mm-hmm. flint and steel on a carabiner. Okay, so I will say that is not true. Eventually, so... As cool as it is, that wheel is going to wear down. You're going to come to the point... Look, it's going to take a crap ton of time. Don't get me wrong. I think you will survive for... for I, this is my speculation here. But I think you will last for more than a year, etc. But that fire binder, eventually that spark is not going to be sparking much. You're going to have a nice free-flowing wheel. But that wheel eventually uh, wears down. So as much as that's that fight that wheel will be handy initially, don't get me wrong, that wheel is probably the most ideal tool to have initial, but it's not an indefinite wheel. It's it's definitely a wheel that will wear down eventually and then who knows, you might uh break your bottle opener <laughs> trying to open a coconut <laughs> or crab. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think that's a, a strong tool. It is definitely a, a good multi tool in my opinion. Yeah. Hopefully some of the other uh, other flight att- not attendants other flight passengers had like a smoke like <laughs> <laughs> an illegal smoke on the thing and needed a fire lighter as well no that's true no, I, I doubt I, it though and it also it seems like some of them actually come with a knife so depends on which one you obviously want but mm. it's well, I, cool I did say that mine has a utility blade oh awesome no that that is a good tool okay good strong first item I will give you that well done. Okay, Thanks. second item. Okay, now I think a utility blade. Wait, is wait, wait. Should we of... rather do one one so we at least comparing each other? So since our environments are so similar. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, my first item is a fishing net. Um, yes, you are right. It's something that will maintenance will have to come eventually, but I think your tool will also have maintenance. Look, nothing in the world is infinite. It will eventually break. 
But I think a fishing net would be really handy to really catch the fish that you obviously see around there. And rather than wasting hours of your day trying to either spear fish or trying with a fishing line and getting some bait, where a fishing net you can kind of just like throw or at least make a trap of if you see the fish going that certain direction, you kind of catch them in one location and you can get a bigger haul than if you were individually taking uh going for spear fishing and hoping and wasting all that precious energy that you should not necessarily be wasting in that situation. Simple but effective in my opinion. Um what is your fishing net made of? So it would be nece- would definitely be something like of uh, so I would say plastic, so it's durable, but the type of material will definitely have to be something that's durable. So it wouldn't necessarily be made of like, like fishing line would be a good one, but it's, it's not necessarily incredibly durable. So I'll have to look that up, but it will be something of a stronger kind. Let me just quickly, I actually haven't done fishing net material types. That's a good one. What other problems? Okay. So, yeah, so it's nylon. The- that's what I was thinking. Nylon. The, the the problem that I could see in a fishing net, basically of any kind, um, unless you've got a graphene fishing net, and good for you if you do, but um, uh, is that some kinds of fish could, like the fish themselves, could damage the net. Mm. Like let's say you snag a, a swordfish or something, or <laughs> something with spiny ridges gets caught up in it. Um, then that can, let's just say it's, it's, it's a variable thing. So it's not like, you know, it will happen, but there are the, there is the chance that something could end up cutting your net, just like simple cutting. So not even wear and tear, but like something with like, like a swordfish or crabs or something could end up cutting your net. But otherwise that's a super solid choice then your next your next problem would be to preserve that food which we can talk about a bit later but uh, Uh, after we've gone through the items but because otherwise you're you've got this massive haul of fish and i don't know about you but i don't i don't not have the heart (laughs) to throw more of them and like throw some of them back in the sea oh no no heck no i would smoke the bad boys Exactly. It's not like a dam where you have to conserve the, the breeding population or something like oh, that. Heck no. no, no, I would <laughs> definitely, if I had a big haul, I would obviously have my smoking system. So before I start fishing officially, uh, I would have a fire going and then have a, a simple wooden contraption that I could kind of put the fish on there and just get smoke and heat. So basically turn the fish into jerky. So in that way I can eat it when on the go and then well, I'll have to gut them as well, but we'll go through the items where I'll show you, tell you which tools I would use. <laughs> I'm I'm just wondering, uh, wondering now if there are there ever green trees in the South Pacific? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Then you forgot no, a thing. You need to have specifically evergreen trees to do that because the chemical compounds um, that make the the wood burn less easily but also smell really pun- pungent are the best kind of preserving woods for smoking things. Yeah, they look, also give them a b- bit of flavor. Look, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily be able to get like the pristine stuff. Um, look, I've seen a, a lot of the survival shows. I wouldn't say that they're all like legit, but 
uh, it doesn't seem like you wouldn't necessarily always get the pristine stuff. You just need the stuff that will burn as well as produce a lot of smoke. So a lot of like clean smoke. So you wouldn't necessarily use leaves because they would produce a lot of uh, black smoke. But you would get like some wood and then you put it into a way that, oh, so you you have different types of wood to experiment with. And you just choose the best one that you think, hey, this one will give the best thing. And don't get me wrong, there'll be a lot of trial and error. Like, dang, this thing tastes horrible. And then maybe I get food poison afterwards. Possible. Huh. There will definitely be yeah. trial and error. I'll, I'll go admit that. Definitely trial and error. Uh, let's get to the next item. We only have so much time in an, in an episode. So what's your item number two of the list? My item number two, because I don't think that, that there's actually much use in a utility blade, just because of the size <laughs> of the thing, Yeah, is, again, a specific item that I actually researched and looked for on the internet. This is a condor tool and knife warlock machete. So it's a, it's like, it's a condor warlock machete slash knife, warlock machete slash knife. Yeah. Um, which is, it's a 12 and a half inch blade of 1075 grade high carbon steel with a half centimeter thickness. It's coated in a black epoxy powder, and it has a micarta handle for ergonomic comfort and a good grip even when it's wet. The, it's, it's, and this is actually a bit important in a life or machete space. Oh, for sure. It's, the, 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 but the important thing is that it's full tan, so the, the blade the metal from the blade actually goes through the handle itself because otherwise you could be using it and the blade will snap from the handle and, you know, what? what's the point of it then? Nope, I, I have that as my item, not the specific one that you chose, but I definitely have machete on here. And I only have one question for your situation since you, you're a moocher, not a mooched, is who in their right mind brings a machete on a sh- on a stinking plane going to at a dream island location? <laughs> That's a good question. Let's say that it was a co- let's say it was a cargo plane. So yeah, that got like a, a bigger cargo hold. You you smooched on your friend to buy the cheapest flight ticket they could give you, and it was a cargo plane. <laughs> or that, or that. Yeah, exactly. Either that, or the plane was sabotaged. And the person who sabotaged the plane was prepared for a des- for a tropical island, but he did not. He he was prepared, but he wasn't prepared enough to make sure that he doesn't die himself. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, uh, I can't I can't deny machete is a, a must. Uh, it's on my list as well. So you basically covered two items on my li- on our list. But but, but think about it. So with a machete, well, first of all, my machete has a pointed tip, so you can mm. also use it as a stabbing tool. Also to um, open coconuts. Exactly. It looks. It actually looks really, really cool. It's um, cool. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's well with a machete you can use it for chopping, which you couldn't, which you can do with a. Um, with like a hatchet or one of those like break break in case of emergency axes, but um, you can't use it for more laborious work like hacking down plants in the jungle because you'd 
let's let's be honest. After a while, your hand-eye coordination wouldn't be that great, and you wouldn't you'd be like there would be plants hitting the handle and stuff like that. So it would be it would be useful, but not effective. So a machete has got the nice long blade. It's strong enough to chop wood like an axe can. And you can also use it to skin fish and other game. And like you were saying, you can even use it to um, to open clams and stuff. But my one, because it's got a sharp tip, can also pierce and stab things, which makes it extra awesome. Yeah. So, so my one is a survival knife rather than a machete. Um, I think the best one I can actually say it would be is the Magnum M spec survival knife. Not as not as big as yours, but it's more precision. So I would maybe use it for like skinning or doing some fine cutting rather than having this giant, how to say, sword to kind of that would be quite heavy quite often. Like I can see your one being more versatile for chopping down I, trees, etc. I basically have like a gladius or a spatha, mm. to be honest. And don't get me wrong, that those things are exceptionally handy because again, you can use them as an axe, you can use them as uh, as a tool. But I think my tool is a little bit better for skinning because I'm assuming I'm going to come across like a an animal and skinning with a a giant lever to cause all that torque will tie your hand quite a bit. And you want something a little bit more like closer to the tip so you can like necessarily like cut it. I'm sure you can still hold the machete near the sharp edge. But again, not the most comfortable hold handhold position. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. But when you come down to these kinds of things, as long as you've got something that's, I mean, a bladed, a bladed tool, mm-hmm. um, if you, as long as you've got something that is durable and quite importantly is full tang, so the metal from the blade goes through the handle as well, um, then you're actually kind of sorted. Then, uh, to like for the most part, length isn't really a problem. Then, although some people might disagree, ladies, but um, for the most part, length doesn't really matter as long as it's it's sturdy. Mm. I mean, uh, what my my thing is basically my thing is a dagger anyway. Mm. You know, it's just a long knife. Yeah. No, no, uh, I think you. I agree with that. Okay, let's move to my number two. Um, okay, so this one, we won't spend too much time on it. Um, I'm going for a hatchet hammer. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen one of those. Let me just look at the specific one I'm referring to. Hatchet hammer. So basically, uh, let me just quickly look it up. Survival hatchet hammer. It's basically a, a hatchet that has a, a hammer side at the back of it so the front is an axe and the back is a hammer so basically it's a it's a multi-tool axe where you have quite a sturdy one um i'll try i'll send the picture of the one that i looked at specifically copy the image and send it to you basically it's something like this so it's sturdy it's strong it's withstanding the bolts i would not necessarily like but there's obviously a lot of varietal versions but the, the axe is really important for chopping down trees like your machete is. But also having something to hammer something down rather than having like a stone. 
is something that I find quite ideal in the situation because then you have a proper like hammer to properly hammer things into place, get them like logs or sticks that you're trying to get into the ground properly and secure properly without damaging and wasting the excessive amount of energy. So it's it's like your machete, so not too much difference, just that it has a handy little hammer feature that I really like. Yeah. Well that's well that's the the upside of all uh Jeez, I'm, this is such a gamer term uh, <laughs> or gamer way of thinking about it, but it's like all um, blunt force weapons, really. The, the difference between bladed and piercing weapons and blunt force weapons is that you've got the, the that like hectic force that's getting put into the the business end of the tool, and so yeah, that's that's geez, that's such a benefit. I didn't even think of that. It's something that's like it's so obvious, but you don't necessarily think of it. Where this is handy to have, like instead of like in a random rock, and you're going ah ah, and you you're hurting and wasting your energy in your arm, and you're getting (laughs) tired. And having that little like backhammer, you just go bah. I would be relegated to rocks, (laughs) like like a savage. Okay, so we have to go through our list a bit quicker. Uh, Item number three. You really did my. My third item, which is probably why I didn't choose a net, is Paracord. Ooh, that's Because Paracord was made, I think, in the 60s by the U.S. military, and it is super strong. Now, everybody actually needs to give credit to rope in general or cordage. I mean, even hobbits found it absolutely essential <laughs> like it's, it's a big thing in the lord of the rings um but paracord specifically is really lightweight uh it's made of sturdy nylon and it's got multiple of strands of fiber inside of it um and it's a pretty incredible use uh survival tool because you can use it to rig things onto other things or repair other gear like they even repaired some parts of the Hubble telescope with it. And you can take it apart for sewing as well or using it as fishing line. So it's a pretty versatile tool. And um, even the most basic paracord can support up to 180 kilograms. Um, or I guess, geez, 250 pounds, just it a rough a good one. figure. Um, and that's not even the high grade stuff. Mm. So yeah, paracord. I like it. I don't know. I don't know. Let's say ten meters of paracord. No, no, I, I, I don't think distance, uh, the the amount really matters here. Uh, I, I, if if I did not have this other item, which I'll mention now, I'll probably choose paracord. But I raise you is duct tape. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah duct tape i chose duct tape and probably the largest roll i can possibly find or buy because i am a preparer so i would prepare and bring the largest roll of duct tape i can or maybe a little bag of duct tape and basically i love i think duct tape is such a versatile tool that's like your paracord you could you can make duct tape into rope and uh, if you've ever watched the Mythbusters episode where they try to survive on an island with as much duct tape as they can have, they actually did quite a considerable amount of survival tool making just with duct tape. Shoes, hats, um, 
a lot of items that I just think like DuckTaver has got respect in my book. So it just topped that paracord, para in my opinion. Ah, oh, I disagree. <laughs> can 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 duct tape lose the adhesive side? Can the adhesiveness erode away? Yes, but the point of it is, is that it's really durable. So if you should, I encourage you to watch that Mythbusters episode. It's a special where they physically make rope out of duct tape, and it's so sturdy that it can basically hold an entire two men, and it's it's so strong. But again, I think your one is like the more realistic version. But if I could like stow away like say six rolls of duct tape, I could be in like an emergent situation if I need to wrap something down there. Or if I need to make a certain rope or tool, duct tape would but, actually but, come but in quite hand, handy. Six six rolls of duct tape is six items, not one item. I know. Uh-huh. That's why. That's why I kind of said, "Darn." That's why uh-huh. I find gotcha. the largest <laughs> roll I could possibly have. So, like one that I could wear like a sombrero. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's true. Next item. Okay, my next item is water filtration system. Oh, we both got that. Needs. Nice one. The portable um, water filter or just like a... Uh, which one did so you choose? So, I, th- I, I erred away from anything that looks like it's flimsy in any kind of way because I, su- I intend to survive forever for the rest of my life. Um, so, forever as far as I will be, ever be able to tell because I'll be dead afterwards. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, so I got a very sturdy thing that looks like, um, geez, what does it look like? It, it almost it looks, looks like a pump, like a pump and a, like pumping into another side, I assume. No, it looks like one of those hot water bottle canisters that you'll see at a catering place. Ah, uh, I know which one you're talking about. So I chose the Travel Berkeley, Berkey water filter, um, which is very versatile. I'll show you a picture quickly. Yeah, do that. By letting you Google it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Portrayed. So, yeah. So this is a very handy thing because it's made of very solid metals. Um, It can support one to three people and it comes with two filters as well, each of which can filter up to 6,000 gallons of water, which is ridiculously massive. And it's got a storage capacity of 1.5 gallons per per container. And yeah, so that thing is going to last me years, decades probably. And because it's solid, it's, it's not like any of those plastic filters which can be damaged by accident and anything like that. Um, so, yeah, perfect. My one is more the handheld version. So, my one is the – let me just look for it again. It's the pure, pure, pure well water purifier pump. Because, in my opinion, like as much as the uh, like a long-term water filter will be, I would think that I would have to make it my own. So, my water filter is like more of a temporary solution. So – until I find some good ways of making my own water, so I'll have good, to some good rocks and pebbles and sands. Well, that's a th- yeah. I would get exactly like you said, and charcoal, and make my own water filter because in that way I can make it indefinite. 
because mm. as as much as like these filters will work, at times you're gonna, you're gonna need a a different system like collecting rainwater or that kind of thing. So I feel like having that the pure old water filter for like a month or so gives me enough time to say get get yourself working, get your ass off that thing, find a good island, find a decent water source, and then clean it up your own way, make it sure that you survive. On indefinitely without like losing or deteriorating your filters, etc., etc. So okay, I can agree with that. I think that's a realistic time for you to <laughs> to think that it's going to wear down. <laughs> okay, I, I think it would last a bit longer, but uh, let's say worst case scenario, one month. Get off your ass and make your own filter is actually <laughs> a pretty good idea. Okay, so unfortunately we are running out of time, so I think we have enough time to go over one more item from each side. Uh, let me go first, uh, because my one won't be too long. I think the most important item on my list, besides the cast iron pots, is antibiotics. Uh, having a, a stash or a little, uh, a bottle of antibiotics to kind of battle those like diseases or food poisonings or infections you may come across. Having a, just a bottle of antibiotics just to kind of battle that, I think is like life or death situation. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that uh, one of your items, or not really? You don't think it's worthwhile keeping on it yourself? No, I don't. I don't think it would be worthwhile with a limited item amount because a canister of antibiotics. When when we use antibiotics, you need to finish the course. So mm. that's that's a one shot wonder. Hey, it will and save your life. That's <laughs> like imagine <laughs> having food poisoning, an infection, or you're getting a crazy disease in this rainy season, and now you're like, crap, I'm about to die. The only thing that will save you is this one canister of antibiotics. So at least it gives you that yep. one shot of like, don't F it up again. <laughs> that, But it will be dependent on other variables. So let's say, so if for that to work, even with that one shot, is that you'd have to have enough filtered water on you. Um, like, okay, okay, but this is taken for granted that that you're out of action because of it, um, which is actually a bit of a dick move. So yeah, okay, that one shot, it works. I was going to say, make sure there's enough water and food and you're warm and like dry. <laughs> yeah, um, 100%. You definitely you def- have to do everything in your power to present to prevent that from happening. But in the case of like me experimenting with like uh, how to preserve my fish properly, it might be like I wouldn't necessarily use the whole bottle. I'd use like one tablet just to kind of battle the stomach cramps. But I agree with you. Generally, it's a course that you finish and then you kind of okay now you're done dusted. But having something to kind of keep you on your toes or keep yourself your system going at least a little bit longer. I might not even come into like I might not even get to use the crap because it's something that is only in case of worst case scenario of Yeah. Um, okay, so I think what we can do is I'll I'll go over my last thing properly and then we can just like quickly just name Spitfire. what our other <laughs> items are. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Go for it. So the item that I'd like to go over properly is a top, basically, but I chose oh, a specific same one again. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> okay. So I chose a DD Hammocks Square Top, and this is a brand that's DD Hammocks now is a brand that's very well known for their durability. Um, this top is three by three meters, 
It's polyester with a PU coating, so it's rainproof and it's very durable. It's got 19 tie-down things. It's 28 ounces, which is about, I think, oh geez, I've forgotten. I think it's like about 1.7 kgs. So it is a bit weighty, but I mean, it's your life we're talking about here. <laughs> and yeah. once you've settled down, you will probably be semi-nomadic because you've got to travel to where food is. Exactly. But you'll be establishing base camps all the time. And it's got a waterproof rating of up to three meters. So, mm. yeah, top, man. You can use it to make a roof above yourself, to water. have as a nice floor, collect water, all sorts of things. It's yeah. just a good all-rounder. I perfectly agree with that. Okay, so to briefly touch on my items here, I've got cast iron pot, which I already mentioned, brilliant for cooking, Seconded. purifying water, a number of different other things, um, and a flint fire starter, which is basically a long flint that you can use the survival knife and then make sparks with the flint and the, your metal knife or your axe, your choosing. And finally, a rain suit because monsoon season is not something fun. And if you don't have something to keep yourself dry in those like really crap scenarios, you're going to die from hypothermia and you're not going to enjoy yourself. That's my list. What haven't you touched on? Um, so I also included... A backpack, a specific kind of survival backpack that is like watertight or water oh, repellent at least, made of nylon, and it's got all sorts of places with netting inside that makes it be able to hold uh, bulky but not heavy things as well. Um, and it also has like one of those attachable water holders. <laughs> so it's got like a fluid sack as well, which is really nice. Um, and I also had, a what's called the sea to summit event compression dry sack, because <laughs> if I preserve any kind of food or anything like that, then I'll want to keep it dry as well, because otherwise what's the point when you've got moldy and wet food that spoils easily. Um, and then I've got a hybrid light, which is solar powered. And it can last up to a hundred hours, which is, and you'll never know when it'll be too difficult to make a fire or something. So that's a light source. And then quality sleeping bag that can keep me up to, that can uh, keep me warm till up to seven degrees Celsius or I think 20 Fahrenheit. Okay. You know, you always yeah. want to sleep warm. Don't want cold, wet feet. No, I agree. I perfectly agree. Okay. So I think it's safe to say that neither of us chose a stupid item. No, no ways. But I think that in this case, I w I'm actually very excited to hear our listeners' point of view um, because I'm sure they all have many problems. I wish we could chat more, but there's only so much time in an episode. So listeners, you've heard our list of 10 items, our chosen location of interest. Do you have a, uh, do you, would you say who would survive the longest based on our items? Did we choose something that you think that we should have chosen, but did not include in our list that is stupid and we should have thought smarter about it? Please comment in the videos, comment in our Discord, chat to us in Discord directly. 
And yeah, we might chat it. In, we possibly will chat about a certain topic from one of our listeners in a little short video or recording. <laughs> Take so it away, Yotin. If, 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 if you thought that any of us had a stupid item in there or an item that uh, you just see a clear flaw with, mention it in the comments and we'll... So we might have a few more episodes of Ramble Shrapnel, which are, are the little bite-sized episodes, just for this one big episode because we're looking for a stupid item and you guys can be glad that I didn't add a space blanket because I think it's very versatile actually, but it is a bit uh, <laughs> a bit out there. Um, uh, so an item that you think was not such a smart choice and then an item that you think is essential for a survival scenario. Let's let's just keep it to the tropical island. Um, and then last and not least, like like uh, like Mackie was saying, who do you think won? And I think it would actually, or who would survive the longest, I should say. Um, I think it makes more sense if we base, for the most part, that decision on the items that we actually had time to cover properly. Because we couldn't poke, just because we couldn't poke holes in the other ones. Agreed. Okay. No, and uh, again, please join our Discord. The link is in the descriptions. Join our Twitter and other social medias. Twitches will be coming soon if it's not out already. And again, guys, listen to our other videos, uh, other podcasts. Enjoy, uh, listen, comment, and give it. Let us know what you think about the different scenarios. Maybe you have a topic of interest that maybe we should cover. If uh, some of them are interesting, we'll choose as our topic in a future uh, video slash podcast episode. So again, say uh, I like thank you very much for listening to Ramble Shamble. Again, we are posting regularly on every Thursday. We'll let you guys, if you're part of our social medias, we'll let you know of any updates. And we hope you come listen to us in the future episode slash video. Bye-bye. Peace out.